thank him for the forgiveness of sins thank him for redemption thank him for giving you the Holy Ghost thank him that you are a child of God that you are born again you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son begin to thank him right now be deliberate thank him for his tender mercies and his loving kindness thank him for all the good things he has showered upon your life thank him for the provisions the food and the water you are able to eat and drink be deliberate the bible says let us now offer the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name as you are thanking him you are offering sacrifice to jesus come on lift your voice and be very deliberate now we love you jesus thank you thank you for all the provisions thank you for the breath of life thank you for the breath of life thank you for the breath of life thank you lord for strength thank you for my health thank you for the strength to move thank you for the ability to stand thank you lord thank you lord that i'm growing spiritually thank you father you are faithful lord i give you glory and honor father in jesus name we thank you for this wonderful morning thank you for giving us the um, privilege of seeing another day today we are in your presence to receive from you we ask that lord you open the eyes of our understanding and flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son jesus christ and we pray that you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that will walk worthy of you unto all pleasing and bearing fruits unto you in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god father we ask that as we sit at your feet to draw from you we ask that father we grow in you also in the name of the lord jesus for unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us for of your own will you begat us by the truth that we should come a kind first fruit among all your creatures and those you foreknew you predestinated them to be conformed to the image of your son that we might be the firstborn that he jesus might be the firstborn amongst many brethren and those he predestined he called and those he called he justified and those he justified he glorified we thank you that we are glorified beings standing in your presence in awe and wonder we praise you lord all the praise the glory and the thanksgiving belongs to you thank you father for reigning in our hearts through the word of god we give you praise that your word is exalted and magnified and christ is enlarged in our hearts today for paul said i travel day and night until christ be formed in you we ask that you are formed in our lives in the name of jesus and that we will love more that we will give more and that our lives will be aligned to your will and purposes for our lives we thank you in jesus name amen what a blessing give your hands to jesus in clap and please be seated what a blessing to see you this morning you're welcome to love and grace city church our first service i'm reverend isaac love Papo, teaching you god's word today i believe your life will never be the same hallelujah oh come on hallelujah thank you holy spirit we love you so we have been on a wonderful journey as we began to excavate a very 
important territory in the Christian faith. We began to look at a series that we titled The 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. The 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. And uh, this morning, before I continue, you're going to help me um, to teach you today. Amen. For the sake of those who are hearing this for the first time, we will have to do a recap of what we have done so far. Man of God, thank you so much for being a blessing to us. Probably when we are done, maybe you can lead us again in some few moments of worship. The Lord bless you so much. Thank you. Let's appreciate this man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, now we began to look at the 10 questions that a man can be able to discern to know uh, the health of his spiritual life. We have always been saying that the next best thing after salvation is spiritual growth. In fact, the next stage after being born again is growth and maturity. And unfortunately, many Christians just stop at salvation. They are just excited that they are born again, not knowing that salvation is actually a new birth. A new birth. Every mother that gives birth to a child is excited because life has been released upon the earth. But if the child at a point in time does not grow, that excitement will leave the mother and that excitement will now turn into concern and worry. Praise God. It is the same with our Christian lives. We getting born again is good news. God is excited. Angels watch God rejoice about the fact that a, 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 a person has become a child of God. But we need to understand that being a child of God is not enough. Growing in God becomes the next stage after you are a child of God. So if you are a Christian and you are not growing, it's a worry and a concern to God. With an unbeliever, his salvation is God's concern. But with a believer, his growth is God's concern. And if you don't know this, I want to let you know that if you are a child of God who is not growing, God is worried about you. It doesn't matter what you think or feel. God is concerned that you are not growing as a Christian. We began to look at 10 questions that helps a man to diagnose his spiritual health. Meaning, if you are able to answer these 10 questions honestly and genuinely, you should be able to know your spiritual health by now. And remember that how healthy you are determines how you will grow. So your spiritual health determines your spiritual height. If you are not healthy, you won't grow because healthy things grow. So we said the first question to diagnose your spiritual health is what? Do you hunger and thirst for God? If you're a Christian who has lost passion, hunger, thirst, a yearning for God, it's a sign that you are not healthy as a Christian because you, every human being gets hungry and thirsty daily. Daily. That is how come when you find someone who eats four balls of kinky, now uh, unable to eat even one, you know there is something wrong because your appetite determines your health. So that person who could eat four balls of kinky now is just pushing the food away. That tells you there is something wrong with him. And it needs medical attention. It's the same with the spiritual life of the believer. If your hunger, passion, desire for God, your hunger and thirst for God begins to dwindle, it's a sign that you're not healthy. Number two, what's the second question to diagnose your spiritual health? 
are you increasingly governed by the word of God now check your life from Monday till Saturday when you enter the church on Sunday how many times did God's word rule in your heart you were angry about something and the Holy Ghost said be angry but sin not then you remember that scripture because the Holy Ghost inspired it in your spirit then you lost that anger now that's a man who has been governed by the word of God you had an opportunity to mess up in fornication. You remember, flee. Then you ran away. That's a man who has been governed by the word of God. So if the word of God is not increasingly governing your life, it's a sign that you are not healthy. And we said number three, what's the third question to diagnose your spiritual health? Are you more loving? Are you more loving? Well, this is beautiful. You want to know how healthy you are as a Christian? Check your love life. As a Christian. How loving are you by the day? And I told you love is not good flowers. The Bible says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, it says, I become a sounding cymbal and what? A sounding brass. Clanking cymbal and sounding brass. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and have all understanding and I have faith to move mountains but have not love he says I am nothing meaning raising the dead without love is useless to God hallelujah you want to raise the dead but you can't love the living you are fake as a Christian he says love is patient so to test your love we will test it by how patient you are with people he says love is kind it is shown by how kind you are to people he says love does not keep record of wrongs done to it that's what proves your health are you more loving and this should be a concern to you as a christian because many people are seeing christianity from another angle how i can make it in god you make it in god by growing hallelujah now what's the, the fourth question to diagnose your spiritual health are you more, more sensitive to God's presence? More sensitive to God's presence. It is the fourth question to diagnose whether you are spiritually healthy. There are many Christians who know by knowing that God lives in them, but are not sensitive to God's presence in them. There is an attitude you begin to develop. There is something that begins to affect your lifestyle when you are sensitive to the presence of God. And I explained to you that you four, the, the, the presence of God is explained in, in three lights. Number one is the omnipresence of God, which is the general presence of God everywhere. It's in a beer bar, it's in a house, it's in a hotel, it's in a motel. Everywhere God is everywhere. That's the general presence of God. Then we have the manifest presence of God. God's presence can be everywhere, but his presence will not manifest everywhere. The reason why people will not fall under the anointing in beer bars is because though God's presence is there, it will not manifest. But in a church setting like this, we can lay hands on people and they get healed instantly. That's the manifest presence of God. Israel experiencing the division of the Red Sea. That's the manifest presence of God. It's the presence of God in action. The third light of God's presence is what we call the indwelling presence of God. So God is everywhere. He manifests sometimes, but not everywhere. But God indwells every believer by his presence. So the indwelling presence is the presence of God in the life of anyone who has received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. 
So a man with Jesus Christ or a man who has received Christ has God's presence abiding in him. But we see, we have the fourth light of God's presence which many don't understand. We call that the practice presence. Your sensitivity to God's presence can increase. It can grow. The presence of God in your spirit can permeate into your body and people can feel God's presence around you. There's a way. There's a way. So it is how are you sensitive? Are you more sensitive to God's presence? You know, sometimes you can tell a lie and you, the Holy Ghost just tells you, I'm around. Then all of a sudden, you know you are losing it. Then you just become humble before him. That's a man who is sensitive. There was nobody in the room with Joseph when Potiphar's wife was there. But due to sensitivity to God's presence, he said, how can I do such great wickedness before God? Was God standing there literally? No. But that's a man that is sensitive to God's presence. There are some things you will never do when you are sensitive to his presence. And it's a sign that you are healthy as a child of God. There are people who are, who are aware of God's presence, but they, they literally, deliberately ignore that knowledge. You will never grow. You won't. It's not possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you. The fifth question to diagnose your spiritual health is what? Do you have a growing concern for the what? For the spiritual and physical needs of others. One general in Salvation Army wrote a letter, an urgent letter. Follow this. To his group of occupants. And called the whole assembly to come and read the letter to them. Everybody in that army was called to read a very urgent letter. And when they opened the letter, can you imagine the letter carried only one word? A letter that was called by agency. There's an important letter. Everybody in the army must hear it. You know what he said in the letter? Others. That was in the letter. And that was circulated everywhere. Listen. A sign that you are healthy as a Christian is when you are selfless. I can tell you, if you want everything for yourself, to yourself, by yourself, it's a sign you're not healthy. One thing the fall did to man was that it made man self-centered. That is why it is divine to be selfless. That is why it is divine when men leave their needs ignore themselves and put others on the line. Check it out. Can you sacrifice your food for someone who is hungry? I don't know why when I began as a Christian, I just had certain concern for people. I just can't be selfish. I can't have food and I'm okay. Others are hungry and I keep the food. No, I can't. You'll be called a fool, but actually that's your health. I've sacrificed my school fees for someone before. Don't try it. I've sacrificed my food for people before. I've sacrificed my money for people before. Huge. But you see, this thing inside you must grow. It must grow. If, oh my goodness. Tell someone, others. Others. 
do you have a growing concern for the spiritual and physical needs of people listen if you are if you are not having a concern for the spiritual needs of people it's a sign you are not healthy these eyes must can you imagine why your eyes was not decorated to see you no imagine if your eyes was inward even your eyes a testimony that God wants you to watch others I'm telling you discern the needs of people around you check out someone in church who has been wearing one shoe for the past six months and get him a new shoe check out someone who can make notes when we are teaching get him a diary check up on someone and find out how he's doing because there are many people going through pain and they are in church you must have a growing concern for the spiritual and physical needs of others you know we have many christians who are so selfish no one called me when i was sick it's all about you here yeah, if you are growing that is not a concern for you you can imagine on my birthday i was expecting certain people to call me they didn't call me imagine i said that i'm not talking to anybody because they didn't call me ah that's carnality No one called me. No one checked up on me. You are Kana. You have God inside you. That's all you need. If God checks up on you, you are okay. He says, Lord, I am with you always. God is majority. Any Christian who thinks that way will not be worried about what people think about him. You must learn this the hard way. Tell someone others. There has not been any passing week that I have not been a blessing to others spiritually and physically. Never in a very long time. My gifts will go. My seats will go. My money will go. Every single week. I don't want to be tempted to say every day. I can tell you that about 70% of what I receive monthly goes to others. You'll be shocked. I hardly spend on myself. And I've told you, if God can get it through you, he will always get it to you. It's a secret in kingdom. Many are looking. When I find Christians who are saying that, me jiman kasu, me bibi anyege, me yampaiba, yampaiba. Yampaiba, yampaiba. They are kingdom secrets. It's not everything we lay hands. You have to stretch your hands. You will never be a passing channel God will ever use to be a blessing to others if you're always thinking of self. I had to learn this the hard way and break it off myself. On my birthday, someone got me a gift. The gift that came to that house, that person. The person who remember from here. So Sunday after my birthday, the, see, the kind of bowls the person brought to me those bowls are executive bowls. They are bowls when you are eating from them, you are careful. Uh, residential bowls, thank you very much. They brought it like that. <laughs> A bag, eh? they brought two bags. <laughs> two bags. <laughs> Everything you need in a bedroom is inside. Towel. Hangers. Power banks. Big ones too, inside. Name it. 
Name it. Everything was inside. I was like, this is powerful. They got me my son, another special bag for him, full of clothes, his a new bag, items, pampers, plenty, two bags, and they got some other one. I won't mention it. The next morning I was praying, Marco, praying a source of for sure. And the Holy Ghost said, You see that thing that you have placed there, the residential bowls? You have not gotten there to use it. It's not for you. And I kept saying, prana, sana, kamo, hepe, hepe, toba, And I package these expensive bulls. Took them to the house of my spiritual father. Ladies upon his feet. That bag full of the gift, I never touched one thing. Okay, I touched one thing. <laughs> I wanted to put it back, but because I used it, I said it is unfair. I would defile the whole thing if I put it back. And I gave it to him. Do you know what he said? He said, Isaac, you won't believe it. I needed exactly these things you have brought to me. Let me tell you something. If you are blessing to others, you'll be shocked that if God is using you to bless others, the very thing people need, he will use you to supply. And if you don't obey it, he'll use someone else. These are the very things I needed. Do you have a growing concern for the needs of people? Tell someone once again, others. What's the seed question to diagnose your spiritual health? Are the Christian disciplines, are the spiritual disciplines, what? Increasingly important to you. Listen, if I want to know how healthy you are, I check your spiritual disciplines. I explained to you that spiritual disciplines are, ex are divided into three categories. We have the discipline of solitude, which is the discipline that draws you closer to God. We have the discipline of surrender, which is a discipline that subjects your soul to God constantly in obedience. And the discipline of service, which is how you are able to be a blessing to others. We said the discipline of solitude. Examples are Bible reading meditation prayer scripture memorization these are disciplines that many Christians have, have ignored they've ignored them and they don't know that that's the secret to their life listen the spiritual disciplines you observe daily are the secret to the strength of your Christian life if you faint in the day of adversity what the Bible say then your strength is little. You know that strength there? Spiritual capacity. Many of you cannot be able to survive life trials. You know why? It's simply because you don't have spiritual capacity. The purpose of spiritual disciplines is to deepen your root with God. It is to enlarge your spiritual capacity so you can be able to go through life with strength. So the discipline of solitude is prayer. Bible meditation, Bible reading, Bible study. They are not the same. Bible memorization. Bible reading is going through the scripture to have a fair idea of what it says. Bible study is actually getting to study the Bible for explanations and details. 
Bible memorization is transferring the Bible from a book into your memory. And Bible meditation is taking favorite scriptures or scriptures that have blessed you and making them part of your life. You must learn to practice these things. When you are sitting in the church row from your house to work, what do you think about? Many waste so much time without knowing that within that time you can, you can take one verse of scripture that blessed you in Bible reading and you start meditating on it. It will distract you from watching these girls uh, who are dressing anyhow on the road, these watches sellers who are tempting you and all that. It will, it will, just, it will just help you. The discipline of surrender are the disciplines that help you to yield to God. You know, some of you, it's so difficult for you to yield to God. So, Jesus is your Savior, accepted, but He's not yet your Lord. It is one thing to accept Christ as your Savior. It's one thing to yield to His Lordship over your life. You know what it means? It means He's not the new governor of your life. If you're going to do something, He says, no, you don't. And many don't know that as a discipline. The more you yield to God, the more you become a flow through which you can flow through. And yieldedness is culminated in obedience. And in that discipline, one of them is fasting, which many are running away from. Every believer who wants to be healthy must learn to fast at least twice a week. That's your freestyle for the week. Six to four, at least, twice a week. Monday to Thursday, Monday and Thursday. Tuesday and, and Friday. Decide. No, it's see, grow with it so you can impart it to your children. Some of you have fiscal inheritance. Uh, that is if you have some. But people don't know we can pass spiritual inheritance to our children. And see, the best inheritance you can give to your children are spiritual. But if you don't have it, you don't do it. How do you do it? I'm teaching good here. The discipline. Of service are the disciplines we maintain to be a blessing to others and to fellowship when you come to your church when you come to church consistently it's a discipline Bible study is a spiritual discipline it's a discipline of, discipline of service giving offering is a spiritual discipline many of you don't know that's why it's painful every discipline is painful When I see believers running away from prayer meeting, God is laughing at you. In fact, God is pitying you because you are running away from destiny. Corporate prayer are spiritual disciplines. Many Christians don't want it. We want to modernize Christianity. It is our Christianity that will survive in these last days. And who want to you? If you escape them. Number seven. Can you tell me? That's today's message. But if you are prophetic, you can tell it. If you truly prayed into the service this morning, you can know what I'm coming to teach. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, pray, oh, pray. Oh. Hallelujah. Number seven. The seven questions to diagnose your spiritual health. Oh, this is good. Lord, I love you. I love your presence in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It will shock you. Are you ready for it? Are you a quick forgiver? 
Now notice the tenses I'm using here. I didn't say, do you forgive? I didn't say, do you have a forgiving life? What did I say? Are you what? A quick forgiver. That's the seventh question to diagnose your spiritual health. To be able to know whether you are healthy or not. Are you a quick forgiver? Are we ready to move? Now you can put this down. One great man of God called James Coulter made a profound statement. He says the unforgiving spirit is the number one killer of spiritual life. Coulter is C-O-U-L-T-E-R. He says the unforgiving spirit is the number one killer of spiritual life. Give me Mark 11, the verse 25 and 26. Surprisingly, it will shock you to know that forgiveness and prayer are mutually inclusive. You cannot be called a man of prayer who is not a man who forgives. Prayer and forgiveness are linked. That means one of the hindrances to effective praying in the life of a believer is unforgiveness. The Bible says, but when you are praying, first forgive. That's the point. Anyone you are holding a grudge against, when you are praying, first what? Forgive. So, forgiving others is part of the foundations for effective prayer. And if prayer is the engine of the spiritual life of the believer, not praying can affect you. And praying with for, without forgiving can also affect you. Because it will be a waste of time. I'm sure someone will be sitting down here and says, man of God, okay, thank God that this particular subject... Um, you know, it's not concerning me because I don't have anybody to forgive. Wait until I'm done. Wait. We will all be shocked. Hallelujah. You got to write this down. Real Christians are those who forgive. That's so simple but profound. Real or genuine Christians are those who forgive. Meaning, if you are a Christian who can't easily and quickly forgive, you are just exhibiting how fake you are. <laughs> Let's continue. Growing Christians are forgiving Christians. Mm. 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 Growing Christians are forgiving Christians. That means one of the signs that one is growing is that he forgives easily and quickly. I'm teaching good here. Next, you can write it down. Real Christians want to forgive. Real Christians want to forgive. And finally, you put that down. Forgiveness is a choice. God had a choice to forgive, and He forgave. And the beauty about forgiveness is that God gave you also the gift of forgiveness to give to people every single day. The disciples came to Jesus and said to him, how many times should I forgive my brother when he offends me? You know, Jesus replied, he says 70 times 7. 
multiply that how how, 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 how what's the cost we have 490 times per day that means every single day by biblical mathematics you are to forgive people how many times 490 times you know that can happen right that can be in the sense that 490 people can offend you you cannot be offended till 490 times that means you have a problem so you will never be able to meet that target so god is letting you know that always forgive that's the conclusion And I'm coming there soon. Somebody says, man of God, what if it is unforgivable? Question. Why are you saved? How come you are saved? If everything you have done, if everything you were was forgivable, there is nothing that cannot be forgiven. I'm teaching good. You can put this down also. Forgiveness is the will of God and it is the path back to freedom and joy. Forgiveness is the will of God and it is the path back to freedom and joy. A greater percentage of Christian problems, Christian sicknesses are stirred up by the spirit of unforgiveness. Anytime a believer easily learns to quickly forgive, that believer is doing the will of God. Not only that, he is towing the path back to real freedom and joy. Guess what? Christians who find it so hard to forgive are experiencing a system malfunctioning in their spiritual life. There's something wrong with the system. If you're finding it hard to forgive, there's something wrong with the system. There's a malfunction somewhere. Christians who don't forgive are becoming more blind and veering deeper into darkness. Christians who don't forgive are what? Getting more blind and are veering into darkness. Hmm. My goodness. I was shocked the other day when I read Matthew chapter 18, the verse 21 to the verse 35. That's your homework for today. The Bible tells us of, 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 of some servants that owed a master and the cost of uh, the debt was 10,000 talents. Imagine, 10,000 talents. And the master forgave all the servants that owed him and set them free to go. And one of the servants had a servant under him who owed him hundred pence. Let's read that one. It will shock you. When I read it, I could and I was like, no, how? Matthew 18. When you're coming for service, come with your Bibles, okay? Now, All right, so come to the verse 28. That's after the guy has been forgiven. Check. He says, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. I, 
You were forgiven 10,000 talents. I'm about to break it down soon. And then one of your fellow servants was owing you how, how much? 100 pence. What did he do? He laid hands on him and did what? Took him by the throat. Bro, leave me. Ah, Why is my hand that bends? Hey, look, he says, saying to him, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And guess what? And he would not, but went and cast him into prison. Hey! You don't understand the difference between 10,000 talents and 100 pairs. I'm about to break it down for you in dollars. I can't break it in series because we will not know how much it's going to be. Hallelujah. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, Oh, thou wicked. So anyone who does not forgive his word is wicked. So if you're a Christian, you're a wicked Christian. So you can imagine the number of wicked people sitting in our midst. Listen, I don't care what someone has done to you. If you have decided you are not going to forgive and you know the offense is so silent with you, you are wicked silence are sitting down. Look, he says, I forgive thee all thy debt. Because thou desired me. Shouldest not thou have had compassion on thy fellow servant as I have had pity on thee? And his Lord was angry and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. Now, the word tormentors there actually is referring to demonic powers. Meaning, a man who does not forgive opens the door for demons. Hey, I can't tell me so. So, unforgiveness is equal to torment. I've seen people who have, who have had health issues, heart issues, because of unforgiveness. Yes, you know what? You open the door for tormentors, and God is aware, He won't help you. Because He can't help any man who still holds on to and can't let go. He can't. I'm teaching you well. I'm teaching you well, I know. Guess what? Look at how he compared this story. He says, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from what? Your heart! Forgive not. So forgiveness is a matter of what? It's not lip service. One his brother, their trespasses. Now, Let's go into work out this equation. Now, according to how the American system works, they are paid eight hours per hour. So, eight hours per hour makes $64 per day because they work eight hours. So, $8 per hour times eight hours makes what? $64. Now, multiply that by 10,000. How much is that? And no, this is okay. So per day. So you're going to multiply 64 times 31. 
and that 31 times what? Times 10,000. Let me show you the figure. It is 3 billion 840 million dollars. And guess what? How much 100 pence is in dollars? You'll be shocked. Two dollars. So, I forgave you how much? Three billion eight hundred forty million dollars. That's 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 a whole economy. And someone owed you how much? Two dollars. You held him in the throat, and you put him in prison. Unfortunately, you may be laughing, but that's how many of you are. Do you know this three billion can never be compared to the blood of Jesus? No money can buy life. No money can exchange life. And Jesus gave you his life. And how much is someone owing you? We are living in a church where, where people, we are living in a church age where people can't forgive. They are insensitive to God's word. Oh Lord, help us. So many offenses across the universal body of Christ. And guess what? Today I'm going to let you understand the Greek word for the word offense. And next time you are offended, you watch your heart. Many people are just offended. And guess what? Offense is actually the open door. It, that's what begins everything. So if you don't deal with it at that point, what it will lead into is unbearable. You can imagine someone is offended because someone blue ticked him. Uh, just color blue. Just for information, the, the color is blue. And the whole offense, he has decided not to talk to the person again. And the person doesn't know. And you are the one working with it. Are you okay? The person does not know. I've been telling you this thing. What if the person was crossing the road and he 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 didn't see the blood, he didn't see that your message had come through. And when he was crossing, he turned off the phone. By the time he came back, he forgot to come back to reply you. What if the person was almost knocked down by a car and in fear and panic, the person didn't reply you? And you are there imagining things. Now I can't say why. Master, what class? I mean, some more class. So look. Meanwhile, the person was panting. Hey, hey, and you had a whole clap, master. Hey, hey, we are Kana. I'm teaching good here. Oh, you don't like this teaching, but I'll still teach it to you. Still teach it to you. Hey, <laughs> Kapota. Offense. Offense. Tell somebody, help, Father, help me. Tell, tell the Father, help me. Not to be offended. Someone did not greet you. Now, I, I see these are the basic things eh, that unfortunately Christians are sensitive to. Someone passed by without greeting you. Do you know the kind of thoughts going through people's mind? The kind of hate people are going through. So you think everybody can recognize you? Listen, you can go through life problems that you forget people around you. 
And then someone passed by, he didn't greet you. He said, ah, oh, someone said something bad to him. Look at your assumption. You're not spiritually intelligent. You know, you know, we must be spiritually intelligent. A man who easily overlooks offenses is a man who is spiritually intelligent. I'm telling you. We are in a generation where offense eh, is like toffee. Everything around you will offend. I'm telling you. Even this keyboard, this man is playing, can offend somebody. That why should he be playing a, a low tone? You'll be shocked. What offends people? You're offended. Yeah. You'll be shocked. Luke 17, the verse 1. This is a shocking scripture. And then he said to his disciples, Are you a disciple of Jesus? He's saying the same to you. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom it came. That's not the point here. The point I'm trying to make is the first thing he said. He said what it is impossible for what? For offense to come. To, to, to come. That means as long as you're in this world, offense will come to you every day. Listen, as long as we have selfish people in this world, immoral people in this world, people who don't repent in this world, people who are not saved in this world, immature Christian in this world, unthankful Christian in this world, offense will abound. Surprisingly, a prophecy was given by Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the verse 1 to 5, and this will shock you in NLT version. Let's have that. We want to read that together. One to go. You should know this. Let's go. Timothy, that in the last days, there will be what? Very difficult times. Next verse. Louder. Louder. Uh-huh. Louder. The last line there, just you can choose. Let's hold on for now with that one. Okay. Because if not, we'll lose many people. <laughs> if not, even Jesus, I have no member here. <laughs> but look at what the Bible said. Hey. So listen. As long as we have this list of people that are mentioned, which we can find many in church, offense will abound. Unthankful people. You, you give people things they don't thank you for. You'll be offended. Friends who betray others, you'll be offended. So listen, you need to understand that offenses come daily, hourly, and at all times. You must have the spiritual tenacity to be able to handle offense 
it's a sign that you are healthy and this will shock you I want to give you the Greek meaning of the word offense are you ready now before that I want to read something to you are, are you okay with it good now listen a man and his wife had a quarrel and there was strife and offense between them and the Holy Spirit nudged that means prompted the man to apologize to his wife but he refused and was being stubborn as they were lying down the man couldn't sleep and about 2 a.m. the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said look at what you have allowed into your house and in an open vision instantly this man saw a large fierce looking demon spirit wearing armor the man could see each piece of armor and understood its symbolic meaning the spirit wore a helmet of pride breastplate of unrighteousness he carried a sword of bitterness and a shield of hatred from his belt hung a hammer of judgment a cloak of deception and his feet were shot with the boots of anger no no even the whole armor of god there are demons who wear some obia one idea he had an issue with the wife. The Holy Ghost told him to apologize to his wife. He says, no. You know that ego in man? He says, no. I'll be the weaker vessel. And he went to bed. 2 a.m., the Holy Ghost woke him up. I told you to, forgive, to ask for forgiveness from my wife. You didn't do it. Look at what you have brought into your house. Suddenly, his eyes opened and saw a fierce-looking demon dressed in armor and each piece of the armor was written the names I just mentioned it was just a simple saying sorry that simple saying sorry has changed the story it has brought a demon to the home let me tell you most of divorces today are demon inspired most family breaks are demon inspired and if believers are not sensitive to these things we'll lose a lot you know one thing the devil does the devil will try so much to sow tears among people sow tears among people sow tears among people until these same people who claim they love God will begin to hate each other and when they begin to hate each other the power of their prayer the power and potency of their Christian life will become dwindled and now the, 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 the enemy just steps in and begins to crush their lives. That's what he's doing. That's what I'm pleading with every Christian. Every Christian must grow. Because you are a disadvantage to the church if you're not growing. I'll show you in the Bible about three people who, who were destroyed with unforgiveness. Quickly, let's go into the, the definition of unforgiveness, of, of offense. Are you ready for it? Now, the word offense is from the Greek word scandalon. Scandalon, that is S-K-N-D-A-L-O-N. Are you ready for this? Now, the word scandalon means a snare. Number two, it means a trap. Number three, it means feeling annoyed by something or what someone did or said to you. Feeling annoyed 
by something or by what someone did or said to you. That's offense. But surprisingly in the Greek, he used two strange words before using what you were expecting that word offense to be. What was the first thing he used? What? A snare. What's the second word? Trap. Guess what? Every offense is a trap. I was shocked. Every offense is a snare. So, if he brings offense in a relationship, what has he brought? A trap in that relationship. Listen, watch your heart every time or any time you're offended. Because actually, offense is the, is the, is the, is the pathway. What comes, in, what comes out of offense is what we call bitterness, hurt, anger, pain, retaliation, revenge. All these things are children of offense. So, offenses may look so innocent. But when they are not handled with maturity, with the help of the Holy Ghost, and with the word of God, it will corrupt and destroy your life. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to that man that your boss has offended you. That student who your roommate has offended you. That pastor who has been offended by his congregation. Now when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to many people because we have 32 countries who have been listening to us on a podcast. So you may not even fall in that category, but I'm speaking to others who are watching me. Every form of offense that can be very legal. That, that can be very genuine. Listen, it doesn't matter how genuine it is. It is. It is how genuinely you handle it. Ammon slept with Absalom's sister. That means he slept with his stepsister. Raped her against her will. And Absalom kept it in his heart. He never said a word. Until one time they were celebrating a party. After like a year. You can imagine someone kept an offense for how many? One year. When they were having a party, he took him to a place. From finished him. And it was out of that he had the boldness. So if I've been able to accomplish this wickedness, I can advance. Then now he began to sort to take the throne itself from his own father. Because he was offended of his father that why didn't David deal with Anon? Why didn't he punish him and he left him? Not only will Anon die, you, my father David, you will pay. That he sought to destroy David. Number two, second person is Ahitophel. Now, do you know that there was a man called Nabal? Is it Nabal? Who was one foolish man? Who was, he was married to who? Abigail. Okay, okay. Okay, let's sing that story. Let me get it right. Do you know there was one army commander whose name was... Um, what's his name? Is it Uzzah? 
Is it Uzzah? Bathsheba, right? David and Bathsheba. So, Bathsheba was married to who? Yes, I think it's Uzzah. Or Uriel. Yes, 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 Uriel. And Akonobonindi. David one day, who was supposed to go for battle, decided to relax. And he was taking a stroll upstairs. And he turned his eyes and saw a naked woman bathing. Let me tell you something. Never relax with your Christian life. David's story is just guiding us. Anytime you think, oh, I've prayed so much, let me relax more. That's the time something will come up against you that you can't handle. David was always fighting. He just decided that let me relax a little. I've fasted for a long time at least, you know. You know I've done this thing. We've been around, you know. <laughs> let me just hold on and then you just take some. Be careful about that. That's what happened to David. Long and short of it is that he killed Uriel and married his wife because he had impregnated her already. Do you know that Bathsheba was the granddaughter of Ahithophel. Go and check the Bible. And Ahithophel was offended. That's how come Ahithophel decided to rise up against David. And he partnered with another offended man called Absalom. You see how two offended people can meet? It is very easy for offended people to meet each other. Because they will discuss it. It's like, you two, you two. Ah. You too. And they partnered. Guess what happened to them? Both of them died. One died by hanging. In fact, both of them died by hanging. One killed himself. One was killed. Every offended person who doesn't handle it well does not end well. was offended that his brother Abel's offering was accepted and his was not accepted and he killed his brother <laughs> you will even be shocked that John the Baptist the man that came to introduce Jesus behold the Lamb of God that taken away the sins of the world that was the man that came to introduce Jesus Christ guess what at the latter part of his ministry he was offended with Jesus You'll be shocked. Matthew chapter 11. The verse 5 and 6. He sent people when he was arrested in prison. Meanwhile, it was not Jesus that told him to go and say what he said to Herod. Now, he says, the, now come to the verse 4. Come to the verse 3. See, so John the Baptist was in prison and he sent people to go and say, Go and ask him, are you, are thou he that should come or we should look for another person? Now she said, I was the one who was saying, clear the way for the Messiah to come. He knew the Messiah was powerful. That means he was expecting Jesus to use his power to bring him out of prison. So when Jesus was not doing it, he sent people to go and tell him that, ah, are you? Ladies and gentlemen, the man that came to prepare the way for Jesus was offended with Jesus. Or we should expect another person. So we don't waste our time promoting you. <laughs> hey! 
Look at Jesus' reply. Next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, Go and show John again those things which you do here and see. Go and tell him. Next verse. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. John. The lepers are cleansed. John, a beam the deaf here. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. What? Look at the next verse. Look at what Jesus said. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So Jesus knew that John was offended. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest blessings a believer will have can only be experienced when that believer is a quick forgiver. I'm teaching good here. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 26. Can we read together? One, two, go. My goodness. My goodness. Get someone to come and sit here. There's, there's one woman outside. Please get her inside. Get her inside to come sit inside. Okay. All right. No, it's okay. It's okay. Be angry and sin not. So, your reaction to offenses means a lot. Look at what it says in the next verse, the verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Listen, any Christian who does not handle offenses very well gives place to the devil. If there was anyone who was supposed to be bitter in the Bible, it was two people, Joseph and Jesus. Your brothers plotted to kill you. They kidnapped you, sold you. You became a slave in another man's land. You were taken to prison. And now he became prime minister. And those same people who betrayed you have come to look for food from you. What will you do? Ah, no, no, no. Isaac, no, no. Dan, Unye. Where we are, Ruben, Intimunye. Judah, say, Una, Ose, Yamami, Yam Tommy, 20 pieces of silver, Unye. Oh, Utsi, original. Levi, oh, hello, my eleven. Oh, Zebulon, why would this a dandelion now? It is not hollow. Hey, look at the twelve, <laughs> and guess what he said? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. This same Joseph got a place for that whole tribes and called that place Goshen. He didn't make them slaves. He made Egypt serve them. Bless them. Hey! In fact, he even wept at their state. Beloved, I don't know if you have gone through what Joseph went through yet. 
but this man called Jesus Christ on the cross people spat on him they whip him some who did not even know the case came to join you can imagine if Jesus was not a good example anyone has spat on him poof, then he look at the face The one that gave him the 40 minus one. Shout! 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 The one that nailed him in the, in the hand. Ka, ka, ka. Ow! <laughs> Everything was an evidence of offense. And as he hung on the cross, look at that man. People, the, see, 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 see. Don't be, don't be mistaken. The same people Jesus healed and fed were the same people who said crucify him. You can do good things to people and those same people will turn against you. Be careful. You may be, you may be right to do what you want to do in revenge, but be careful. Listen, there are some things we wish we could have done, but because of Christ. Do you know that there are some people you give so much honor that if you are angry, you want to do something, and those people say, it's okay, you stop. Have you seen that in your life? You want to do something. Some, someone you have honor said, stop, you stop. Do you know that Jesus Christ is someone we honor in our lives? If, see, you see, maybe you're expecting Jesus to come and appear before you and says, it's okay. He says, ah, okay. His word is he talking to you. If God's word speaks to you, it is Jesus literally talking to you. And Jesus could have just looked at all these people and instead of saying it is finished, he would say you are finished. Instead of saying, Father, forgive them for the not not what they do, he would have said, I'll be back. But guess what? Jesus said none of that. And he rose up on the third day to give life, salvation to the very people that put him on the cross. Beloved, it is extreme wickedness on the side and the part of a believer who finds it hard to forgive another when the Christian faith is founded on forgiveness. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, the verse 20 and 21. Come to 21, 21. Now look at this. He says, for, for even hereunto we were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should what? Follow his steps. Now what are his steps? Now look at the next verse. Who did no sin, neither was what God found in his mouth. Next verse. He says, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him that judged righteously. This is interesting. Be careful of offense. There are many things around us today that is producing offenses. Have a big heart for people. I told God in declaration that no one will be too big enough 
to offend me. For me to respond in offense. For offense, it will come. But my response is the issue. You are too small to make me change towards you. You see, if you are someone who treasures your relationship with God, you'll be careful. I pray every day. I will be fake to be keeping people in my heart and I'm praying. So because of that, I am so careful that my heart is always under check. I'm scanning my heart. Because prayer that is filled with offense will be a prayer that will be ineffective. Christian service filled with offense will be an ineffective Christian service that will have no reward. There are many people who go to heaven and not have any reward. Meanwhile, everybody on earth saw them working for God. All their service was done in bitterness. Oh, I'm teaching good here. Let me conclude this thing for you. Now, look at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Now, look. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity. No, the, the verse 31, not free. Now, look, let's read together. Are, are you here? Let's read together. One, two, go. Loudly. Now, do you know the word put away in Greek? It means to divorce. Interesting. In old King James English, if someone puts away his wife, he has divorced his wife. So that word put away here means divorce. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking word put away with all malice. Listen, divorce bitterness because bitterness is not a good friend. You'll be shocked the word bitterness. Let me show you the word bitterness in Greek. Now, the word bitterness in Greek is prikia. P-R-I-K-I-A. Prikia. It means acridity. You know acridity? Acridity means acidity. It means poison. Extreme wickedness. It means hatred. It means pungent. The word pungent actually means something very painful and pricking or piercing to the heart and soul. That's the word bitterness. So, the next best word to bitterness is what we call acid or poison. That's a serious matter. That means anybody that allows bitterness in his heart and does not get it out through the help of God is somebody who will corrode. You'll be shocked that even bitterness or offenses that are not handled well hmm, can defy your Christian life. I was shocked. I found it in scriptures. Hebrews chapter 12. Come there. Hebrews 12. The verse 15. Now watch that. Hebrews 12, 15. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up. So you see that bitterness is also a root. Trouble you and thereby many be what? Defiled. Listen, a Christian can be defiled. 
He says, man of God, we are washed by the blood of Jesus. You can be defiled. I'm not talking about the reality in your spirit. Your soul can be defiled. Because your spirit is saved. Your soul is undergoing construction. Your mind, will, and emotion, it can be defiled. I'm teaching good here, Now, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Ephesians 4, 32. Now look, he says, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. What? Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Huh? Please, stop looking for the big things. And focus on these things. I'm sure there's a man of God who's looking for 20,000 Ghana cities to go and honor the archbishop. Because he feels probably that amount of money is worthy. It's worthy to gain fatherhood. And surprisingly, this little thing that has not cost money. Your seed is, is, is useless. Have you forgotten the Bible tells us that if you have a grudge with somebody that is not settled, hold your offering. Meaning offenses, bitterness, and hurt even affects our giving. Even if we our offerings reduced today, I don't mind. If I'm telling you the truth. Listen, God does not need your offering if your offering is offered in bitterness he doesn't need it he does not need your offering if your offering is offered out of revenge and unforgiveness listen unforgiveness is a spirit it's a spirit I saw a verse in the book of Colossians chapter 3. Come there. Colossians 3. Let's see from the verse 12. Are you, are you there with me? Now, now look at um, Colossians 3. Now, come to the verse um, 12. When you go home, please go and read this verse. Now, he says, Put on therefore as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowers of mercy. Mercy is a garment. Put it on. Powers of mercy. Now give that to me in NLT so that it becomes more simpler. He says, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves. You must clothe yourself with what? Tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and what? Patience. Next verse. He says, make allowance for each other's fault. Ah, ah. Uh -uh. you know sometimes when you are sewing a dress the tailor makes an allowance so that in case you become fatter than the dress they can open it for you the bible is saying you should make an allowance for people's faults ask the person beside you do you have an allowance for me because I'm about to offend you tell you listen listen let, can i help you let me tell you something you know i'm a people person so i know how to handle people i can handle thousand people differently 
I don't know whether it's a gift of God. That's fine. But you see, you, you will not find any leader like my personality. So someone may say, oh, Papa, dear you. Don't be deceived. There are different personalities. I, I'm telling you. Some, the background they grew from did not teach them to greet. Some, the pain they, go, they went through from their growing stage affected their mannerisms. So naturally, those people look rude. There are people you meet, they are good people, but their reactions, their actions, their gestures are rude. You've got to be careful dealing with people. They may not be bad, but life circumstances, temperaments have made them who they seem to be. So, two people are not the same. Every two people you meet are not the same. Are you following my teaching? So, you need to be sensitive. You need to make a big allowance for people because as long as you have people around you, offenses will come. Am I teaching well? Offenses will come. Your roommates are different people. Some are not from planet Earth. They were trained by aliens and they came to this earth. So you will find selfish people around you. Don't buy water in the fridge. You will buy water and they consume it. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm dialing some numbers here. <laughs> and they will drink more water. And the day they buy water, they are guarding the water with all their hearts. <laughs> you will meet those people in your rooms in case you are not one of them. You will meet people in your work, your working class, your colleagues who are selfish people, who know how to badmouth people, and then the office, they'll be watching you. Can they enter the boss's office? Come and see, come and see. He's on Facebook. He's on Facebook. Come and check. You said we shouldn't do Facebook. Look, look. It's on Facebook. Then they'll come. Why are you on Facebook? Are you stupid? They give you a query letter. You say ah, and you got to find out that this was the one that did the tricking. What will you do? You see, that's when your Christian life will be. That's when we will see the evidence. Will you act as a Christian or you react with another, with another attitude? Listen, our friends are so close to us. That's why I said by the time we are done with this teaching, you realize that, listen, we all fall in that same soup. Even as a pastor, we fall in the same soup. Sometimes, you, in fact, all that you are expecting every church worker to know that they have to come to church early. And yet some, as long as you're on this earth, some, tell somebody, some. some. <laughs> and last week, one church, one church worker came, she got down from the taxi, and she was walking like this, church worker like this. Hey, Michael Jackson, I'll be near. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I saw a church worker, is how you are walking. When you are late, you are 45 minutes late. Now, I can be so offended. He said, these people, do they understand that they are not serving me but serving God? But you have to learn to be patient because people are the people who help you and people will break your heart. You'll be shocked that Moses had three million people with him. He was able to contain them to a time. There was one time. They grumbled. 
He says, must I, must God bring water out of the rock? God says, speak to the rock. He struck it. Paf, paf. It was offense. And he forfeited the promised land. Some of you, your spiritual promised land, you may not enter. Because of offense. Can I help you? If God sees that you are becoming a serious Christian, he will start helping you to grow by practical training. So sometimes, he may not use the Bible to teach you. He will use people to teach you. Oh, someone didn't get what I just said. So before you realize, you were saying, God, give me patience. And God will send someone to make you impatient. That's how God will train you. Has anybody prayed that, Father, empower me to pray? And the next day, you were about to, five minutes to prayer and you entered Facebook. Before you realize, <laughs> the prayer time is past. Anytime you tell God you want him to help you about something, an attack will come. Am I helping someone at all? So once you say, Father, help me to forgive, then the memories of the pain will come. It will come like a TV screen in your mind. And the devil suggests, into while she screen with Sua, does he deserve forgiveness? I'm talking to somebody who your boyfriend betrayed you. I'm talking to someone who uh, you have made marriage plans and before you realized, eh, before you realized, you saw the guy with a wedding date and you were thinking it was a surprise he wants to give to you before you realized it was someone else. That pain in your heart, it will cut you. First born, I'm not bad here. Oh, second born, be a quarter. Oh, third born, be a motia. You know, <laughs> so you have to be careful because listen, listen, remember what, what was the first word when we were describing offense? We said this word. What? A snare. So listen, anytime you are offended, know that a trap has been set for you. So now, you see, you see, knowledge is supposed to bring you freedom. So now, guess what? Are you ready for this? The moment you are offended, laugh at the devil. You say, me who? <laughs> I caught you, devil. You are setting a trap for me to enter. Now, now, let me give you some little bomb before we close. Are you ready for this? All right. I put it together. I wanted to share it with you. Now, um, now, write this down. Offense leads to hurt. Offense leads to what? Hurt. Hurt leads to hatred. Hatred leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to unforgiveness. Unforgiveness leads to to revenge and revenge leads to destruction let me repeat that again offense leads to pain or hurt hurt leads to hatred hatred leads to bitterness bitterness leads to unforgiveness unforgiveness leads to revenge and revenge leads to destruction now assuming you do not deal with an offense what is going to happen is that that offense has planted something that is just about to germinate what is the next step when offense is not well handled huh hurt 
Listen, there are some things you don't have to meditate on it. So why did you come and pass by without greeting me? Who does he think he is? Then you start thinking about it. Even how he did his face. Why does he have a problem with me? What you, are, what you are doing is that you are meditating on that offense. And soon, you begin to feel the pain in the offense. Now, what's the next step? If you don't deal with that pain, that pain will become hatred. Or strong, extreme dislike. And if you don't deal with that hatred, it will, it will go where? Bitterness. Remember, I said bitterness is acridity. It's acid and poison. So, look at the stage you are in. And if you don't deal with bitterness, you're going to what? Unforgiveness. This guy has caught me pain. This woman has caught me pain. He has disgraced me. He has betrayed me. I trusted him. Look at what he has done to me. I will never forgive him. And that unforgiveness will lead to what? Revenge. You find ways of means and means to destroy the person. Either by prayer or fasting or by curse. You want to say something to someone to destroy his life. Listen, all these things you are killing yourself. And when unforgiveness is not detected, it's not handled well, what does it go to? Destruction. Revenge. After revenge, what? Destruction. I made one profound statement I want to read for you before I close. Are you ready for it? Now. Just a second, please. Thank you, Father. Now, are you ready for it? Now, this is a rule you need to understand. The offended always ends up more wounded than the offender. When the offended doesn't learn to forgive. The offended always ends up more wounded than the offender when the offended doesn't learn to forgive. So, in the end, you will be more hurt when you keep offense. You'll be more hurt. I have seen people who have been betrayed by their boyfriends or girlfriends. And today they are in pain. They say they will not work again. They are in pain crying. They are looking more ugly now. They are not cheerful again. And they are, they, that guy is enjoying with his new wife. And you are in pain. Listen. Don't allow any human being to rob you. I believe God is speaking to someone's heart right now. And then you are wounded. And he's enjoying. Or she's enjoying. Please. There are many of you who are offended about things that people you are offended about that the people you are offended with don't know. They have no idea of it. You can imagine there's someone, probably someone in this church, and you are offended with the person about something the person doesn't know he has done. And you can imagine you are carrying hatred, you are carrying bitterness against that person, and the person does not know that you are offended with him. And you are working 10 years, 3 years, you have planned never to get closer to that person, and the person doesn't know. You are wicked. I'm, I'm telling you, you see, people think wickedness is butchering somebody and seeing blood. And then, you know, there's blood all over, you know. Kill you, man. Chop you. Boom. Push your head, man. I'll best off your head. You know, I'm a killer. You know, I'll finish you, guy. 
you know, you know that's what people think is, is you know that's wickedness there are silent wickedness around sometimes someone will do hmm that hmm is 10 years listen learn to forget people's offenses you must learn to quickly overlook see it's a sign that you are spiritually healthy when you easily let people go there are some of you you have see people are in prison in your heart they have been caged today I command the prison break right now release all of them now in the name of Jesus now I'm going to give you five things you need to understand to help you in what I'm teaching now are you ready for it all right, so let's do it quickly. I'm going to steal a bit of the time in the second service. Am I, am I okay to do so? All right, so let's do it quickly. Now, how do I deal with offenses? Number one, forgive quickly. Though mostly it takes time to heal completely. You can forgive someone when you have not yet been healed. You need to understand that. People are waiting to heal before they forgive. That's not, that's not faith forgive quickly and give yourself time to heal you know there's a saying that forgive and forget it is good to forgive and forget but there's no biblical account to support that you can forgive people and the pain may still be in your heart but you can give yourself time to heal number two are you ready confront the issue biblically and maturely if it has to be done Confront the issue biblically and maturely if it has to be done and get them off your heart. We need to understand that healthy confrontations are, are spiritual. Go and check the Bible. In the Bible, there were confrontations. The apostles confronted each other. There was a time Peter was being a hypocrite when they went into the Gentile world and they, and they were eating with the Gentiles and he saw the Jewish people coming. Then he would go and hide. And behave as though he's not eating with the Gentiles. And Paul rebuked him and said, you are a hypocrite, Peter. This thing you are doing is going to bring trouble to us in this faith we are preaching. So we need to understand that there are healthy confrontations. If you realize that it's going to be hard for you to keep it, go and see the person. Maybe the person did not know. Approach the person and I, you tell the person, I think I was offended with you. But I just wanted to tell you about it. That you didn't do well to me. Maybe the person will tell you another story and you realize the person was innocent. He did not know or maybe acting because of a knowledge that he received. Maybe the person did not greet you because she was in a menses. And because of her menses, she, she, she was in so much pain that the pain took off her eyes of you. Or maybe the person was sick. The fact that people are looking at you does not mean they are looking at you. Healthy confrontations. Am I teaching good here? Number three. Pray and ask the Lord to heal your heart. And to help you get those painful memories out of your heart. It's actually a genuine sign that you don't want to be in it. Pray and ask God to heal your heart and help you get those painful memories out of your heart. Many may, may think that this thing I'm saying is funny. It's not funny. 
if you tell God to help you when you are filled with hurt and pain, you know the scripture says that you shouldn't do it, but you are still feeling the hurt. Pray. God will help you. Next point. Make a decision not to revenge. Because those demonic thoughts will get louder when you meditate on them. Make a decision not to revenge because those demonic thoughts will get louder when you meditate on them. Quickly, next point. Pray for that person who has offended you, mentioning their names and ask God to bless them, preserve them and keep them. Pray for those persons who have offended you, mentioning their names. Ask God to bless them, preserve them, and keep them. If you cannot pray asking for blessing for the one that has offended you, it's a sign you have not forgiven the person. That's the litmus test. Because if somebody has truly hurt you badly, it is difficult to open your mouth and pray for that person. The moment you start praying for the person, it is one of the first steps you are, you are taking to set yourself free. Next point. Be sensitive to the love of God at all times and allow his love to guide you in dealing with people who hurt you. Be sensitive to the love of God at all times and allow his love to guide you in dealing with people who hurt you and make you bitter. If God so much loved me and gave his life for me. Any offense anybody can do against me. If Jesus forgive me all my sins. Any offense someone does against me. It's not worth a pin. When compared to what Jesus did for me. Be sensitive to, sensitive to the love of God. Last point. Walk in God's word at all times. And give it first place in your life. Irrespective of how you feel. Walk in God's love, God's word at all times, sorry. Walk in God's word at all times and give it first place in your life irrespective of how you feel. Walk in God's word at all times and give it first place in your life irrespective of how you feel. Listen, if you are walking with God, one thing you should take out of your life is feelings. I feel hurt. I'm broken. How can I forgive when I still feel the pain? If you're working with God and your emotions on the line, you blackmail God. But God knows why he tells you to walk in his word despite the experience you are going through. So, in conclusion, one of the 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health is, are you what? A quick forgiver. In the next one minute, I just want you to bow down your head. Maybe there was someone that offended you. I'm sure maybe you were a contract worker or someone who goes out to town to go and sell things to people and you went and one of the people insulted you and told you, walk out! You were so hurt that people can treat humans like this. Pray and ask that person to forgive you. Maybe you don't even know the name. Pray and forgive that person, sorry. Or maybe someone has offended you. Someone has offended you. You don't have to pray loudly. If no one has offended you yet, tell the Lord to give you a heart 
to easily be sensitive to forgiving people quickly when that time comes. That roommate, that friend, that office friend, that boss, that sibling you are not talking to. For the past three days, there's someone you're not talking to. Four days, five days, six days. It's getting to one month. You are digging your own grave. Ask the Lord to help you. Or, or maybe something terrible happened to you and you have vowed you can never forgive. Maybe someone took advantage of you and you are still carrying it with your heart, in your heart. It could be a reason why we are praying for you and nothing seems to be working. You have to release and let that person go. I'm giving you a chance right now. Release people from the prisons you have placed them in your heart. Mention that person's name. You are looking for some, probably you are looking for help from someone. And the person turned you down when you knew the person could help you. And you were hurt. Maybe someone disgraced you. And the thing hurt you. Release that person now. God is giving you a chance. Because when you come to heaven, he will tell you this day. He will play this recording to you. That your pastor, that man of God you met, that man of God you listened to. Gave you a, I gave you a chance through that man of God. And you still turned it down. Maybe you were even raped. You were defrauded. You were cheated on. Please. Your husband or your wife offended you badly. It has bruised you. It has ruined you. He has taken everything away from you. That doesn't matter. He couldn't take God from you. He couldn't take the Holy Spirit from you. He's not that powerful. You'll be shocked. You may be thinking you are weak when you pray for that person. Actually, that's your strength. The real strength of the believer is in the character of forgiveness. As you're releasing that person, you are restoring your own strength. You are healing your own, your own self. You are doing help to yourself. I know it's painful. Yes. I know it's painful. But if you don't forgive, you go through more pain in some few months or years to come. It can be your father. I heard of one lady whose father took advantage of her when she was 11 years old. And the father raped her. And since that day, not only does she hate the father, she hates every man she sees. Please, don't let other people pay for what pain people have caused you. You may be here because of a pain someone caused you. You have vowed never to get closer to any human being in your life. Please, it's a wrong foundation. You will hurt your soul. You will hurt your soul badly. Maybe you have decided that you will never go to church and you, and you happen to hear this message coming to you because a Christian in a church hurts you. This is a hospital. So there are many people who are sick just as you are sick. So people will offend you as long as you are in church. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. Mention his name. Mention her name and ask God to bless that person. Yes, maybe you may be crying as you are doing that. It's the first step to your liberation. Remember we said forgiveness is the will of God and it is the path back to genuine freedom and joy. Forgive that person now. Jesus said, let go and let me and let me in. Let go and let me in. Let go and let my grace in. Let go and let my strength in. I don't care. I don't care what you lost when you lost that relationship. It doesn't matter. Maybe the engagement things you bought together are in the house of this guy. 
and he has broken up with you and he's using these engagement things to engage another woman that doesn't matter if you have Jesus Christ you have everything let's go let go you had a phone call that your boyfriend is cheating on you you never did anything evil to him and he repaid you with evil please let go now let go call his name James I forgive you Nana I forgive you I bless you you have no idea the joy the liberation you will leave this service with and if you are here like I said if no one has hurt you begin to pray for grace because I'm telling you someone will soon hurt you someone will soon hurt you ask God to give you grace and strength to be able to handle those people tell him to help you to become a quick forgiver to forgive people easily and quickly it's a sign of genuine Christianity these days all we are interested about is making money as Christians and becoming rich and prosperous and all that in as much as that is good it doesn't mean anything to God if their heart is not right with God the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart and we need to understand that your heart means everything to God than your car, your offering, your money, your tithe, and everything you can give to God and even your service. Your heart is more important than your service. Your heart is more important than your offering. There are many people who have given offerings that God has rejected because their heart is not right. They are harboring people in their heart. Your uncle that offended you your uncle offended you by because he offended your father he treated your father evil and you have evil plans for him you hate him in your heart because that uncle has money yet he's wicked towards everybody please forgive that uncle release that man release that woman release that boss release that colleague who said negative things about you to another person and now because of that person others hate you when you were a good person you have been misrepresented by people and people are seeing you with different lenses and you are going through pain and hurt and when they see you they see you as a traitor when they see you they see you as a betrayer when they see you they see you as a destroyer person because you were misrepresented it is the most painful thing any man can go through when someone says things about you that you did not do things about you that is not true forgive that person This is an altar call, not for salvation. It's an altar call to let go.
Amen.